And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Welcome aboard the Athletics Can't Wait Jets podcast, your nonstop shop for all things Jets with Tim McMaster, Zach Rosenblatt, and Marissa Dunn. Can't wait! I think this is our first emergency podcast of the offseason, which is crazy wow. in Jets land. Right? On the alarm. Like- yeah. Sirens, yeah. flashing lights, <laughs> let's get it going. But we are ready to go because the Jets have granted Elijah Moore his wish <laughs> five months later. They have traded Elijah Moore. He's headed to the Cleveland Browns. Uh, they move up in the draft with that trade. Uh, they also signed a receiver um, to add to that stable as well, and McCole Hardman. Uh, we're going to talk about all of that, the latest on Aaron Rodgers as well. Thanks for joining us here on the Can't Wait Podcast. I'm Tim McMaster. We also have our Jets reporter at The Athletic, Zach Rosenblatt and Marissa Dunn. As always, should I, I was going to say, like, do we waste time like we usually do, but I, I think we can get well, right I, into I, it. I was going to say 7.33. I was going to say, we kind of. I feel like we made this happen because we did the thing where we, like, you know, plan for the podcast on a certain day and then something happens and we have to. We adjust. did. We said, like, the end of next week. Yeah. Like, we Which obviously was, better. in retrospect, was a dumb idea. Let's be yeah, honest. Yeah. We should have known better. That's yeah. a long time in free agency timelines to, totally. like, nothing to happen. So, it was, wasn't our best Jets, moment. Jets free agency. <laughs> like, timeline. yeah, we'll be fine. We'll wait till the end of owners' meetings. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we were, uh, we were lulled into a sense of confidence because of, like, the darkness, talk of yeah. the darkness and drawn out <laughs> trade negotiations and all that stuff. Well, but then, there are, then, well and after the, Mc, after the McColl signing happened, we were like, all right, so maybe if there's, I, I even text you guys, I'm like, maybe if there's like another signing or two, we can do a pod in the next day or two. And then like minutes later, of course. <laughs> you literally, like, I was yeah. looking at my text and I think I hadn't yeah, seen the first text, text about Cleveland, and I got yeah. the second one. Yeah, that's yeah. How. I was on a meeting and I saw it come across my phone. I'm like, oh my gosh, I guess we're doing a pod tonight. <laughs> It's almost like they were like, okay, we got Hardman, you know, eject on a live. They had the whole thing set up and then they go. So, all right, let's talk about the trade first because I think that's a little juicier than than McCole Hardman. Nothing against him seems like a talented player, and we'll get into that. Um, But Elijah Moore, uh, you know, he was the 34th pick two years ago. Rookie year showed great promise, had that amazing stretch before he got injured where he looked like he was going to be a legit potential star in the NFL. Uh, year two, serious regression for a lot of reasons. I mean, obviously the quarterback, but off the field, the frustration with the quarterback, um, getting sat down for a game, all of that mess, demanding the trade. Uh, and now he heads to the Browns. So the Jets basically, they move up from 74. That's the pick that goes to the Browns with more up to number 42 in the second round. So they'll have a first rounder, two second rounders now in this draft. Um Jeff Howe graded the Jets a B minus, the Browns an A on this trade. From what I've seen, most people have said, like, this was great for the Browns and good for the Jets. What do you think, Zach? Yeah, you know, it's, I think ultimately you look at, you know, the the value they got here from Moore. And I think they went from the 70s to 
the forties. So you jump 30 picks, you jumped around and the, the, and the cost was Elijah. And so I imagine jumping from that, that point of third round to that point of second round. I, I think that makes Elijah like a third round value, which is probably fair. So I, I think they got, Wait, fair which value. is fair now. Right. But yeah. not when you think yeah. of the fact that he was taken. Well, yeah, it's, the, it's kind of like once the car leaves the lot, the right. value goes <laughs> down kind of deal. Um, and there's a lot of perspectives and angles to this, and I'm sure we'll cover all of them, but you know, we kind of talked about this a little before the pot. I, I think, you know, there, there's a lot to get into with the Roger stuff and, and, you know, what they do at receiver now and Beckham and, and, and all that stuff. But I, one of my first thoughts I had and, and was that it's hard to view this as anything other than a failed draft pick by Joe Douglas. I, I, I don't know if I've necessarily seen that reaction yet, but I, I think it's a, it's a fair reaction to have because, you know, you look at his his numbers. I don't have them in front of me, but you know, he didn't get the ball much this last year, and I know it wasn't all, entirely his fault. And you know, he asked for a trade, and he was benched. And Zach Wilson wasn't really getting anybody the ball besides Garrett Wilson, really. But you know, 984 yards in 27 games, one touchdown last year. They got rid of him after two years, uh, essentially just to move up in the draft. Like that, he's he was an early second round pick, uh, and I, I I think you have to call take it as a, as a loss on Joe Douglas's draft resume. And, you know, it, I think that the talent is obviously there. You saw that stretch in his rookie year where Elijah Moore looked like an absolute stud. You know, he had like 400 something yards in six games or whatever it was uh, with four touchdowns, I believe. Then he got hurt. Um, but the talent was clearly there, but I, I think it's an, another case of, I think between the 2020 and 2021 drafts, there was a pretty clear disconnect between who they were drafting and and what the coaches wanted. It was different. Those are two different coaching staffs, obviously 2020 and 2021. Um, and, and, you know, who Adam Gase wanted to fit in his system is going to be different than who Robert Sala and LaFleur wanted, but clearly the coaches weren't as high on Elijah Moore as maybe they let on publicly because otherwise he either would have played more this last year and, or got the ball more, or they would have used him faster his rookie year. Like there's a lot of factors to this. I think ultimately it was, you know, a failure, to a degree. And I think Joe Douglas did a good job of scrounging the value he could before it was too late kind of thing. I, so in that, in that sense, like I think the best GMs are willing to move on from their mistakes in a lot of ways faster. Like you saw, I think the giants are, with Kadarius Tony is kind of a, that's like an even worse uh, example of it because he just like, wasn't playing at all for the the giants. Cause he was always hurt and he was able to get a third round pick out of it. And they, they turned around and that third round pick became Darren Waller. So now, you know, which I'm sure is a top, the next topic is what they do with these picks that they got and what this means for the Rogers stuff. But I think at the end of the day, you have to, you have to call it a, ultimately a bad pick in retrospect. At the time, I think it was a sound pick. I, I think Elijah Moore was pretty highly regarded coming out of that draft. I think he was viewed as a first round talent by a lot of people. And I still think he has first round talent personality wise, scheme wise, whatever it is, he didn't wind up fitting in New York, but um, he'll get an opportunity in Cleveland. I'm curious to see how, where, you know, he'll probably plug right in as their slot receiver because they have Amari Cooper and uh, Donovan Peoples-Jones. Um, they'll throw the ball a lot with Deshaun Watson. And he'll have a chance to prove he's as good as I think he thinks he is because I think he carried himself like he was already a star, which is probably a little premature. <laughs> um, but um, Thinking back to the draft, too, like that was a loaded receiver draft, right, that year. Um, and, I, and I remember the Jets considered him like a first-round pick because – Going into the second round, if I remember correctly, there was a lot of thought that like the Jets, good chance they would trade back with that 34th pick 
And then they stood there and they took more and they were very, and I remember all the talk was, but then you fast forward to that first training camp. Um, and I remember there being a lot of talk about like, you know what, Elijah Moore is the best player on the field Yeah, at this training camp. And then I, he, he impressed you in last summer yeah. as well. Um, so it seems like the, you know, the skill set was always there. He flashed. It was just maybe it's just that the headache was too much for this team to continue to try to develop him and bring that talent out. Totally. And, and on one hand, you know, I, I imagine, you know, clearly there's some immaturity there, which, you know, he's, he's a young kid. I think there were some immaturity questions coming out of Ole Miss. Uh, I don't think he's a bad kid by any stretch. I think that, I don't think it should be twisted as they got rid of like a locker room cancer or anything like right. that. He, he was yeah, well liked in that, that locker room. Yeah. No, I, I didn't. I'm not saying you were, I've yeah. seen like fans like reacting in that way a little bit. Um, he, he, this isn't a guy who's gotten arrested or gotten in trouble off the field. Um, you know, if you saw, he got pretty much welcome back in, even if some guys were like, maybe like subtly taking shots at him after the trade request, once he came back in, there was never a problem again. So I think he had a lot of fans in the locker room. I think you saw Garrett Wilson tweeted like a sad emoji, uh, when Eliza was traded. So he was by no means a bad kid. I think the coaching staff liked him. He didn't get along with Michael floor, obviously, uh, as I reported and, he, he said some bad with, words. Yeah, to Mike some, that's a bad words <laughs> that will get you in the timeout. Um, <laughs> and he uh, was pretty openly not a fan of Zach Wilson as well. And whereas he loved Mike White and all that stuff. Talent was there. Didn't work out. They move on, fight another day, and they might have a pretty big name coming in at some point to replace him. So I think Jets fans will move on pretty quick. Yeah, we're going to get to that and what they do with that pick. Um, but let's check in on the the other move today first. Yeah. Um, they signed McCole Hardman, 2019 second round pick um, with the Chiefs, obviously a part of that offense with Patrick Mahomes. Uh, one year up to $6.5 million. You look at the numbers, um, 2022 was shortened, but he had 25 catches, 297 yards, but he missed the last nine games and the playoffs with an, with an injury, uh, a core injury. So... You know, he was on pace to have a pretty nice season considering the other yeah. weapons that are in that offense, I think. Um, but what kind of receiver is he, Zach? Um, you know, speed is the one thing yeah. that I see everywhere. Yeah. I mean, I, even if you don't watch the Chiefs, I think Hardman is like he was so fast at the co he had ran a four three three, I think, at the combine coming out of Georgia. Like I, I think people who don't even follow the Chiefs know the first thing they think of is McCall Harmon fast. I think maybe the misconception there is that means Okay, they just added like a deep threat, but I think if you look at at least the way the Chiefs used them, um, which you know could be different uh, how the how the Jets might use them, but although I maybe not because you know they they like the 49ers type scheme and he might have some Debo to him anyway. The he he's second among all receivers since 2019 in yards after the catch average behind Debo, over eight yards after the catch. So a lot of the way that the Chiefs used him was getting him the ball, you know, behind the line of scrimmage in short and letting him use his speed to get down the field and get some yards. He, I think he only has four touchdowns on passes that traveled over 20 yards in the air and three of them came his rookie year. So you're getting a guy. I, I view him uh, as like not necessarily the replacement for Elijah. I view him more as the replacement, like a rich man's Braxton Berrios in my mind. I think he's faster, more athletic, more dynamic. Uh, you know, he, on those end arounds, he scored two rushing touchdowns last year for the chiefs. So I, I think he'll be, a much more dynamic threat. I think a lot of Jets fans were calling for Elijah Moore to be the guy to replace Braxton on those, but I think you replace him with McColl. He was a pro bowler as a returner, as a rookie, he scored a kick return touchdown that year. He scored a punt return touchdown the next year. So 
you're getting an upgrade at returner because I don't think Barrios had a very good year last year. Uh, so yeah, that's where I view. They didn't pay a lot of money. He's young. He's a guy that, you know, if, if he's healthy and, you know, he'll have opportunities to make an impact in an offense that should be pretty explosive. Like I, it's, it's a smart signing, but once they did sign him, you did feel like the writing was on the wall for Elijah. I, I wasn't sure it would happen that quickly. Clearly they had that lined up and like, that's <laughs> why, all right. Sorry. We got McColl now let's go make this trade official. So, you know, they move on from him and there's a lot more up in the air and, you know, they, beyond the Odell stuff, which we'll get into, there's still like the Randall Cobb thing. Like I, there's still like an assumption that they're going to bring him in at some point. They brought in Alan Lazard. You have Garrett Wilson coming back. Corey Davis is still technically on the roster. Denzel Mims still on the roster. So, you, like, when Elijah was still there, I, I tweeted, like, I can't imagine many teams have better depth of talent at receiver than than this team does. Even after Moore's gone, I still believe that. But McColl is he's an interesting player. I liked him coming out of college. He's very fast, and I'm curious to see if Nathaniel Hackett uses him like the Chiefs did or if he's used more as, like, an outside, you know, deep threat type guy like he was in college. It's interesting you think of the, you know, the slot factor in the outside. Um, when I think of the West coast offense, the floor offense, specifically that, that Niners version, um, you think of guys that can be moved around in all yep. places like that, which I guess Hackett likes to do as well. So you have now, um, when you think about these, these main three guys right now, they can all play in the slot, Yep, Lazard, Wilson, and Hardman, and they can all play outside. So it gives you so many options to confuse a defense. Totally. Yeah. I think that's one of my bigger takeaways is that they're adding these like I think Corey Davis could play as a big slot sometimes, I think. But Alan Lazard has had way more success doing that in his career with the Packers. He's six foot five. And so that's a very interesting mismatch in the slot. Garrett Wilson, you know, you can line him up anywhere and he can juke out anybody who's covering him. And then now you add McCall Hardman, who has the who's the fastest guy found on the team, at least on the offense like the moment he steps in the building. He he is coming off, as you mentioned, the injury. I think he had a surgery in January. I imagine he probably wouldn't be ready for OTAs. That, that's not like a report or anything. That's just my guess, which isn't ideal. But, you know, speed, speed you can make work no matter if you know the scheme or not, honestly. So, but yeah, I, I'm highly intrigued at how they deploy these receivers. Who's the guy, who are the guys they put out there in 11 personnel? Uh, and, and yeah, that, it's, uh, it's, it's a very talented receiver room. And, you know, I, I imagine Rogers is happy with these moves. Uh, you know, I don't know what he thought about Elijah Moore, but I, I, he, I think he, if he's going to look at the supporting cast and see that the Jets are like making an effort to like put a good supporting cast around him, I know that was a big sticking point for him over the years in Green Bay. Although they did add one of his, he did want them to bring in a bunch of the Green Bay targets, which there's some irony there that he's always complaining about the targets. And then, <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I, the Harmon signing, like I. I saw it. And I'm like, oh, that's interesting. I, I think that makes a lot of sense. And I think there's a lot of the best teams just have a lot of guys who are very fast and you just make it work with that. And Brees Hall, when he's healthy, is very explosive and fast. And um, yeah, I think they they uh, they have a very they have a potential to have a very explosive offense, which they did not have last year. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. 
And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. All right, let's move on to the other receiver they've talked about, and that is Odell Beckham Jr. And it and it feels like the smoke's not going away, right? Like we heard the rumors, and they yeah. just continue to be out there. They're not going away. And we, I asked you before we started, what what do you think? And Zach, you said you think it's happening. Yeah, I, I uh, there there was a stretch there where I wasn't sure if that was like free agency, especially with the Jets. You always hear about them as like they were in on insert player before he signed with insert team and so you never the know the best like, way for a for a front office to seem like <laughs> yeah totally right yeah. on top of things which i was i was new to that being a thing until i saw it like with the orlando brown thing and and fletcher uh, cox. yeah and fletcher cox and and i'm like man they're really like runner-ups a lot and then i saw that <laughs> you know a lot of jets fans were like tweeting about how oh, look <laughs> look we're the in the offseason offseason uh super bowl champions or whatever but uh um i by my by all accounts, the Odell thing is real. I've heard that both from uh people in the building and people around the league who who and people close to Odell. Um, that he's legit interested in playing with Aaron Rodgers. I think that's the biggest drawing point. Even beyond returning to New York, to a degree, it, it would be it would be so weird to me if Odell Beckham is back in New York and he's not playing for the Giants. Like that's just a, like a wild thought. Like who would have ever thought he'd come back and be playing for the opposite team in, in New York and you know, it would kill John Mara and, and the Giants ownership if Odell comes in and like just lights things up like he used to and stuff like that. And, you know, Woody is very appealing to him. But I, I think more than anything, Odell is interested in playing with Aaron Rodgers. And that's why initially my takeaway with the McCole Harmon thing was, like, OK, Elijah's on the way. I don't think McCole was as tied to Elijah as their pursuit of Odell. I think you look at it. Alan Lazard's going to slot in for Corey Davis. He's probably like a slight upgrade there. Uh, Michael Harmon's going to slot in for Braxton Berrios, slight upgrade. And then Odell Beckham, I think, slots in for Elijah Moore. And I think you could argue those are upgrades at all three spots. And then you have Garrett Wilson getting better in year two. So um, if, if they do reel, reel in Odell Beckham, which is, you know, arguably the biggest fish remaining in free agency right now, whatever you think about him and the injuries and, you know, the maturity or whatever, he, talent-wise, there's, he's unquestionably, you know, a very good player when he's healthy, which is not always happening, but you, you add Odell Beckham to Garrett Wilson and, and Alan Lazard. And I can't imagine there's very many three or four sums of receivers in the NFL that are more talented than that group. It's interesting that Hardman, cause he has to know, right? Like that these, there's this possibility. Yeah. Would choose a place where there's a good chance he becomes the number four option. Yeah. Um, and I and I also imagine you know Odell's. But it's a one year deal, I guess. Yeah, so. it's a one year deal. It's yeah. kind of a prove it for him after the year of injuries he had. But he might see it as and he smartly, you know, number one. Odell's not there yet, so until he is, like I'm the third receiver. Number two, get a catchy pass from Aaron Rodgers has never been a bad thing for a wide receiver, um, unless he doesn't like you, I guess. But, <laughs> <laughs> um, and so and that and and number three, even if Odell is here, injury history, so there's a very good chance he's going to wind up playing a lot anyway. So I, uh, 
and I receivers think, in general, right? Like yeah. receivers get hurt. Yeah. I mean, even, even if you look at like Hackett's history, I think he's been pretty good with receivers over, even in Denver, Jerry Judy was pretty good. He, he had a stretch where he got hurt, but he came back and he was playing really well at the end of the year. Uh, Cortland Sutton's a guy that played pretty well last year, I think. So it, it's a, it's an offense and an environment that is conducive to receivers playing well. And he got a one-year deal and he's young. And if he has a good year, he could go and make a good amount of money next year or the jets can bring him back. So I, I think, you know, I don't know if he was going to get much more of an opportunity than that, than the jets are giving him. Cause it, just because of like his circumstances. It is interesting. You know, you mentioned the one year. When you think of like the way that this Jets team was operating before this offseason, where it was bringing in all this young talent, continuing to create all this cap room until obviously they had to deal with this. But like it always seemed like it was, all right, we're building this thing for the long term, for the long term. And then this offseason, you bring in, you know, a Hall of Fame quarterback who's probably at the most going to play two more seasons. Odell Beckham Jr., who knows what's left in the tank there. Hardman comes in on a one-year deal. Um, suddenly, everything is like, we are all in on this year. I, I was actually thinking about it recently. Like, I can't imagine there's been many teams that, in any sport, like somebody would have to be very good at research to figure this out. But like, how many sports teams have gone 10 or more years without making the playoffs, and then the next year were a contender? <laughs> like, I, I, like, I can't imagine that's happened in sports. For, I'm sure it's happened in yeah, I don't know. I, I like that that at that aspect of what you're talking about, how they're like, you know, they go from slowly building, slowly building, slowly, okay, we're all in all of a sudden. Like <laughs> but that's what happens. The NFL is like that. If you get the quarterback, then you go all in. You even mm-hmm. saw that with like the Browns. They they go and get Deshaun Watson and they decide, you know, they're they're gonna spend a lot of money. I think they spent a lot of money in free agency and trades. They traded for Amari Cooper and all that stuff last year. I so I when you have the quarterback you think can do, especially a guy who's 39 years old on the at the end of his career, you can't really waste any time. And I know fans fans have been impatient that the Jets haven't really done much uh, this offseason. I, I, as I somebody tweeted out like a list of all the free agents that are still available. There's still a lot of good players still out there. Still a lot of guys you could trade for. Aaron Rodgers. Like it, at the end of the day, I think Jets fans will be happy with what happens this offseason, or they'll at least be intrigued by it because you know mileage may vary on Odell Beckham and even Rodgers, but. It's hard to argue, and if you if you have an offseason where you walk away and Aaron Rodgers is your new quarterback and Odell Beckham's your number two wide receiver, I think most Jets fans would take that if you had said that before the offseason started. However, they get there, it doesn't really matter. And if at the end of the day that's the result of this offseason, it'd be hard to argue that Joe Douglas didn't do everything he could to improve this team. I feel like if you lo- told us that in December, we would oh yeah, would have been, like, been wild. What? Yeah. Wait, who? <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> I mean, way. it's gonna it's gonna be a nice nice old circus show around here. Can't wait. Is gonna. You know, yeah. gonna gonna be a lot of stuff to talk about. If, well, in if last episode happens. of Can't Wait, we were joking about hard knocks. Now throw OBJ <laughs> into that. Oh yeah. my god, great point. <sighs> and who knows who else? What else? Because I, I think once you get Rogers in the building, and even Odell, who for all the criticism he gets from the media, he's very popular among players. I think so. Uh, you wonder who comes in after that. You know, if they. They still might go after Ben Jones, the center from the Titans. The chat is dying for me to ask about Ben Jones. So <laughs> what, what well, because the Jets won it all and they won it now. I, I, I don't. There's like I six consecutive about. comments about Ben Jones. Really? No, that guy is very popular right now. I, I've been getting a lot about Ben Jones and about Quan Alexander. People I love mean, Quan. I appreciate the love for the offensive line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they they know a way to my heart. Like you know, like I gotta ask the O line. The best is when they don't ask the question straight, but they say, "Marissa, <laughs> ask about Ben Jones." <laughs> yeah. You're the you're the go between. Yeah. Yeah. I got you guys. 
<laughs> yeah, there's Ben Jones and Quan. Um, I don't think there's been anything necessarily new, but I wouldn't be surprised at all if Ben Jones wound up on the Jets. I, I, I imagine he has. You know, there's not many. Connor McGovern and Ben Jones are pretty much the only centers left. Rodney Hudson, I believe, is retiring. I just saw somebody ask that. Uh, so you have Connor McGovern and you have Ben Jones, John Feliciano, just now with the 49ers. So there's only two centers. So any team that needs centers, they're considering those two guys in the draft. So I, I wonder if the Jets are trying to get Ben Jones for maybe cheaper than they would have at the beginning of the offseason or something like that. But it makes a lot of sense if he's if he's in a good place. I know he had some concussions last year, which is always scary. But yeah, I mean, I, you know, I add Ben Jones to that that trio. If you walk away from this and you have a Pro Bowl center, he was a Pro Bowler last year, even though you missed some time. You have Odo Beckham, you have Aaron Rodgers. That's a that's a threesome that Jets fans would have taken any day of the week. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. As far as the quiet offseason so far to free agency, one thing you have to remember is like some of the best teams in the NFL who are consistently good teams don't make the big splash in free agency, right? Totally. They make the smarter moves later. So Yeah, I... I I don't know if I'm willing people, to give people this forget team that benefit of the doubt, but yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> people forget every, even like with the contracts, like, oh, I can't believe you overpaid that guy. Oh, this year has been crazy because the contracts have all been like less than anybody expected. But usually, in order to get a free agent, you have to overpay him. Like, that's just the nature of free agency. And there's some guys that, you know, are surprising that, like, Alan Lazard is probably, you know, relative to his, what he's done in his career is maybe looks like he's overpaid on paper, but you, you're, when you're a free agent, you have to pay more to get a guy so you don't miss out on him if he's somebody you feel like you need to have. And, you know, we've talked about Howie on this pod. I think nobody's – probably the Eagles and the Chiefs have done the best with free agents over the years where they, they're they willing to spend on guys, but a lot of times they do it on, like, one-year deals and, or if, like, they feel like they're close to a Super Bowl, you fill in your holes with with guys that can contribute or you, or you sign guys that are, you know, in the, like – 26 to 29 range and you get them at before they have their breakout season. And so you're, you're getting them not below market, but at a good price. And then as they get better and they hit their prime, then you have them at a good price and you can either get a comp pick for them later or, or you resign them. So I think that's the way to go. The jets have, you know, they had so much money the last couple of years, they kind of had to spend it somewhere. It's a lot. Some of it's worked out like a guy like DJ Reed is like, that's, that's like an ideal free agent. He was 26 or 27 at the time they signed him And, you have him for a couple of years and he looks like one of the 10 best corners in the league, which is even better than they could have expected. So I think their patience and free agency has been smart, especially this year when you see all the numbers. Like I imagine if they do sign Ben Jones, 
fans are going to be very happy with the number that they sign him at. Cause yeah. I don't think it's going to be very high. And it has to be low at this point, right? Because you still got to get that. got to get that trade done. We should finish there with, or get to that. The mm. second round pick, yeah, right? What, and there's been some of this in the chat, but where does the second round pick go? Somebody said they should trade the two second round picks to move up to the first round again. Um, but it feels like at least one of those second round picks has to go to green Bay. Right. <laughs> Cause you don't, We've said it. You don't want to give up the first round. Yeah. So like, so I, is it one I, I of still, these seconds so that you can keep one or do they send that, that's, the green? That's Bay the interesting or? part. That's the interesting part about this. Um, and that I'm not, I, I don't really have a good read on it. I do know the Packers do want a first round pick and that's probably been the stalemate so far. So on one hand, I could see the Jets did the second round pick because it's another second round pick to give up in addition to whatever future picks or they look at it like, okay, we have two seconds. If we trade our first to the Packers, whether it's just the first straight up for Rodgers or it's the first for Rodgers and they get a pick back also or, or like something like that, we have enough. It wouldn't be hard for us to move into the first round if there's a guy that we really want. So we have two seconds now. We have you know picks in future years. We have our fourth round pick. They don't have their third right now, obviously, because they just traded at the Browns. But I, I think it allows them to do more at, at the very least allows them to get a little more creative in those Rogers talks. So I, I'm sure the, the Packers ears perked up a little bit. I had, I had heard, you know, there was initially some rumors that the Packers wanted like rumors floating around the league that the Packers wanted Elijah Moore, And I had heard that that actually was like unfounded. I don't think they were that really all that interested in Elijah. Uh, at, at least as like, now we know at, guess, at least right. as a replacement for like a second round pick or something. I think the, the second That's round the thing pick is, is more valuable to them than Elijah Moore. I think. Is it possible because we keep talking about like going Corey Davis, so go to Green Bay or whatever? Is it possible that the Packers don't want a player? They just want picks. Yeah, and I that's mean, it, the stalemate. Like we don't want a player, we want the first round yeah, pick. Exactly. Just, you know. Yeah, I'm, I mean Corey Davis has next to no value in this deal. Honestly, that'd probably just right. be more like we're cutting him anyway. Do you want him? Because right, you know, why would the why would the Packers? You can have him rather yeah. than sign like him. instead of somebody else being able <laughs> to sign him instead of like. But I don't know that the Packers want him at the cap that he's at or whatever. But you know, he has a relationship with Matt LaFleur. Uh, he'd be a good veteran receiver to have for Jordan Love and all that. So I think it makes a lot of sense in that regard. But I don't think there's value in Corey Davis in the trade. And I don't know if there's value in Denzel Mims either. And those are the two, only two they would really consider since Elijah is not an option. I didn't even think they would trade Elijah before. I thought he was going to be a part of this team. So, um, yeah, so I that, that could be a sticking point. Or maybe they're asking for players the Jets don't want to give up. Like, you know, Packers need a tight end. Maybe they would ask for Jeremy Rucker. I know the Jets like Jeremy Rucker quite a bit. Like I don't, I don't think they would hold up a trade for Aaron Rodgers with, for Jeremy Rucker. But my point being, like, if they want players, maybe it's not the players the Jets are offering them. <laughs> like, uh, I'm sure the Packers have aimed high. Yes. And and you know what I mean by high is like Sauce Gardner, Garrett Wilson, and the Jets were like, All right, I'm gonna hang up on you, and then we'll talk again later. <laughs> like I, but yeah, I I think the main sticky point is the Jets are like, why would we give up a first? We can wait this out. You you needed this, this done by the draft. And I think that you've seen a lot of argument and debate and I'm tired of talking about leverage, but ultimately, at least through now in the draft, the jets have the leverage. Like, I think that's a fact. It should be stated that in the athletic mock draft by the beat writers, you did not give up a first round pick to match Schneidman. I did not. I, I should, as, as a teaser tomorrow, I have a fun story with Matt coming out where we got exclusive access to a Slack conversation between Joe Douglas and Brian Gutenkost. Um, I'm playing Joe. He's playing Brian. <laughs> we kind of like played out the trade negotiations and we came to an agreement and uh, we'll see how fans think about how I did. But we had, we had a little fun with it because we were tired of waiting for this trade to happen. We needed something to write about. Elijah Moore trade hadn't happened yet. 
I joked to Matt, like, of course, I'm guessing the Rogers trade will happen tonight now that we have that publishing right. tomorrow. But right. um, so, yeah, look out for that. But <laughs> yeah, so I mean, right now it's all I feel like there's hasn't maybe there's been progress now that this trade happened. I feel like the Jets probably would have brought up that this was in the works uh, in their conversations with Green Bay or at the very least it's right. coming up now. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I hope I was hoping to be wrapped. I'm I'm flying out to Arizona a little early. Cause I, I'm, I lived out there for a while. My little brother's out there. Owners meetings are next week. I was hoping the trade would be done by the time I flew out, but um, maybe now they'll, they'll hash it out, you know, by the pool at the Biltmore in Phoenix. And then as, as I joked with Madden or thing tomorrow, then they, then they could go and get a drink together at the bar by the pool or whatever. So mm. um, celebrate with a margarita or something. All right. Well, it's going to be interesting. I guess we will get back to this podcast when we were originally going to do it, which is when <laughs> you get back right from uh, from your trip to Arizona. Um, you just you just, lo- you just locked in something notable happening in yeah. the tomorrow. Forty eight hours. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Tomorrow's bad for me, but Friday we can. <laughs> All right. I'll I'll let Joe Douglas know. Yeah. Uh, if you want to read that story that Zach just teased, and you don't already have $1. a subscription to the Athletic. You can do it and get this. This is because of opening day for baseball, free agency in the draft for the NFL. So many exciting things happening that we are gifting you a dollar a month right now at The Athletic. A dollar a month. Usually, if I'm right, I feel like that usually only comes around Black Friday, right? Leading up to the holidays. Yeah, not, but, not many times a year. Yeah. Um, so get on that. A dollar a month for 12 months. Go to theathletic.com slash can't wait. And please subscribe to the YouTube channel. If you're watching us on YouTube or wherever you listen to the podcast, give us a subscription. Give us a five-star review too. Um, those those pay off. Those help us out. So do that. And hey, if you're watching this, it's really easy to hit the thumbs up button. So do that as well. I get all that out of the way. Uh, and I think we are good. good for Zach Rosenblatt and Marissa Dunn, I'm Tim McMaster. Thanks as always for tuning in to the